I don't got no Rona. I got allergies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> My throat got dry. Did <laughs> you give me a sign? I because I coughed. This is a uh, dry mouth, Andre. And yeah, I am. Oh yeah, battle. The pollen counts high. It's hot. I went for a run today and almost died because I couldn't breathe because the goddamn park was cutting their lawns and I'm wearing a max too because you know I'm not an asshole and I don't want. This is like another week of thunderstorms here where I'm at and like. I can't just have like a normal time. And it's not even raining. It's just there's thunder. I, I mean, wonder it's lightning. I wonder if that'll travel like up here. It's I mean it's aesthetics as fuck for the um the potty boy the podcast. You don't even have to add like any sound effects to it this time. Actually, I love the sound effects. I want you to know when I listen to them and I hear them, I just like that was rather <laughs> delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I, I want to like treat like you know some salt, just a little bit here and there, Ooh, a little bit of bitch, a little yes. bit of razzle dazzle. <laughs> yes, give me those soundboards, boy. Yeah. I need them soundboards. <laughs> Welcome back to Bros and Murder. I am Soundboy Andre. <laughs> I am Fanboy Battle. And we're your co-host of the show. Welcome to it. We give you true crop cases of color. We give you music. We give you opinions. And sometimes you hear a cat or thunder in the background. <laughs> Holla. But, so, uh, I go. Yeah, you go. I go? Go, go. Okay, shut up and let me go. That's a song, but whatever. So captivating, got me gazing. Even when you throw it together and look curated, I ain't even entertaining how they frame it. You can't call a masterpiece a pretty painting. Oh, and go, no Picasso. More like Frida Kahlo, they keep that. So, what's up, everyone? I hope everyone's doing well. And guess what? I think I've said before in a few, like a episode or a few ago, I don't remember, that I started doing backsplash in my kitchen. And guess what? Your boy still hasn't finished it. And that hasn't come just... out yet. That hasn't come <laughs> Well, if it ever comes out. <laughs> I Again, still have. We're out not... of order. It's okay. I have not finished backsplash that I started in my house. I mean, it's cute how it looks, and I still need to put the grout in. And if any of you do backsplash and want to make coin by doing backsplash at Casa de Batalla, you could come to my house and do that. I'm so stupid. I thought House of Battle. Yeah, no. I with the way you said your last name, I was like, what the fuck is that in Spanish? I was, <laughs> I was, like, I was like, what? I was like, that? I was like, House of what? I was like, oh, he just said his fucking name. <laughs> yeah, it's uh my house. Come do some um. That's my update. So I guess I'm not a handyman, but whatever. Um, 
So what's crazy about our cases today is that we both are doing cases of little kids and we didn't even realize that we're doing cases of little yeah, kids. Yeah, and it was a weird moment where we both mentioned that we're talking about babies and got excited for some reason. I was like, oh, and I was like, all right, I shouldn't be that excited because they're dead babies we're talking about. But yeah, this one's pretty disturbing and it's sad. I was telling my wife about it and she was just like, what? But yeah, this case is disturbing. Okay. Yeah, just let you know. Que pasó? Disturbing. I don't know how to say that in Spanish. Um, but yeah. It involves a three-year-old baby girl. And it is so gruesome. And I don't understand how anyone, especially parents, could murder their children or child. But then again, we have Lori Vallow that murdered both of her kids and then went murder her husband then the brother and then went that fucking motherfucker I, hawaii who I'm married remarried for like a doomsday thing I'm but yeah pressure. i don't get how that happens but it happens so let's get into it april 28th 2001 kansas city police department they were responding to a missing persons like report or a call and so they went to go search like this wooded area and while they're in the like wooded like brushy area they received word that the person that went missing was an elderly man but he was found and he was found alive and safe so they're like all right fuck it let's go they start walking back to their patrol car but on the way back to the patrol car they find something disturbing they discovered a naked decapitated body of a little girl there were so many unanswered questions yeah i got a few <laughs> yeah. The most important questions were who was this little girl and where is the head? Like the the community was just like fucking like it was an uproar like what happened? Oh my How God. did this happen? Okay. Like sorry. Who quick, is this? Quick sidebar. My aunt's stupid ass tattoo just kind of made sense to me now. <laughs> so, she has a tattoo on her clavicle that has her name, Clarissa. And I remember as a kid I asked her like why do you have your name tattooed on your clavicle she was like if i ever get decapitated to know who who i am and i was like so why not get your last name too and she was like in case i ever get married i don't want to have to like cross it out (laughs) (laughs) wow i see the correlation there (laughs) please continue i mean it it clicked to me and i was like god damn it she's right what what, what? but Days after the body was discovered, or the baby girl's body was discovered, I think it was like May 1st, many people in the community, they wanted more answers. They're like, what's going on? Yeah, it's like so, a child murder running on loose? Like, what the fuck? Right? And it was a pretty gruesome death. Um, and it gets I'd worse say so. when I talk about it. Like, But an older gentleman took it upon himself. They, they didn't name him. He went back to the crime scene and searched for the head. And he searched for nearly four hours before he started to hear like a bunch of bugs buzzing. And then he, oh, wow. And then, yeah, that was a loud one. And then he found a plastic trash bag wedged between an old tire and a rock. And what he does, he grabs his cane that he has, like a walking stick or a cane, and he touches the bag, and he's like, motherfucker, this feels like a head. And yes, it was a head. It was the little girl's head, and it was decomposing. Luckily, reconstruction experts, they were able to take her remains, and 
reconstruct what she might have looked like and the reconstruction that's super of the, interesting to me honestly like the way yeah. they yeah especially when they do it like they age him up mm-hmm. oh that's like fucking gnarly dude that's crazy and they made her like have like light and bright eyes and she had beautiful cornrows and they they approximated her age to be between three or four years old and they said that she was only dead she was dead for only a few days but the crazy thing about this case is that it made national headlines and it made america's most wanted more than once but eventually it became a cold case because no one came forward they had no leads nothing and late of late 2001 she was eventually like her body was released and was laid to rest as precious doe doe as in like jane doe but they yeah. called her precious doe because no one knew who she was yeah. like so like she was given the name of precious doe so let's fast forward a little bit to spring of 2005 because Fast forward, noise, fast forward, noise, fast forward, noise. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to put that in there? Yes. Okay, good. Someone comes forward four years later, and I've read multiple accounts and different articles, and some say that it was the grandpa of Harold Johnson, which was the murderer, but then also a local news-like article of Kansas City Police, or Kansas City, said that it was someone named Thurman McIntosh, but they didn't have a relation. But regardless, someone came forward four years later, later because that person couldn't bear to die knowing that that was on his slate knowing that his grandson was the one that murdered that baby um so i'm just assuming that it is a grandson even though i've read two different things or three different things but this led to precious doe who was once considered three or four years old to erica michelle marie green three years old of muskegee muskegee uh, Muskogee, uh, Oklahoma. I don't know. Muskogee, Oklahoma. She was a sweet baby girl who was murdered and then decapitated. And it was done by her mother's boyfriend at the time. They they eventually got married later. Uh, um, his name was Harold Johnson. Wait, they got what? married after they got married after the murder. What? Did she not know who did it? She bitch. She knew. Oh, it gets worse. I'm about to get into the case, the details, the incident, and the verdict. But, um, so baby Erica Michelle, that night that she got murdered, she wouldn't go to bed. Like, she kept getting up, and she would stand in front of her mom's room, or in front of her mom's bed, and then Michelle Johnson, Erica's mother, was like, you need to go to bed. Take your ass to bed. And, like, she would go back to bed, then she would get up, and then she'd go back to bed, and then she would get up. Being a child, Yeah, being a kid, a three-year-old kid that obviously was not tired or probably had a late nap, probably, but whatever. Um, Finally, drunk and high on PCP, Harold, he was on PCP too, um, said that she, sweet baby Erica, was being bad. And after a few times of Erica getting up and not listening to his mom, he kicks this three-year-old baby in the head. A grown man kicks this baby in the head. Michelle, the mother, said Erica immediately fell to the floor and she was unconscious. And she ran over and picked her up and was like, what did you do? Blah, 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 blah. Went into the, this is what Erica was saying. She went into the bathroom where she started to like sing to the limpless body, limp and lifeless body of Erica. And... Her eyes were rolled back into the back of her head and she started splashing water on her. Then her eyes were no longer like at the back of her head. However, you think like, okay, I'm going to go get help now. 
or I'm going to get help as soon as that happens. No, they never got help. And was she already dead from the kick in the head? I don't know. Because this is where it gets crazy. Because the reason why she says, like, they never got help was because they didn't want to go to jail because they had prior warrants. See, both... Well, maybe you shouldn't uh, kick the kid in the face then. You should have thought about that before right? you kicked the child. Michelle and Harold, they both had run-ins with the law and they've both been to prison. And they didn't want to go back. The next day was even more terrible because what they did was they took her body to a shallow grave and they brought hedge clippers with them. And I'm not talking about those little like curved ones. I'm talking they look like big scissors. I know, I know. Like hedge cl- he- like hedge clippers. And when they got to the grave, they then they used those hedge- hedges, did they? Oh no. They used those hedge clippers to cut off the head of Erica and they put her head in a bag and they separated the body and the head. So first they dumped the body at like some church or some dumpster and they got scared like oh shit we can't dump her body we can't dump erica's body in a public place let's go somewhere else so they moved her into this like wooded area where i mentioned the cops were searching earlier they moved her there um and like left it and they were able to get away with it because they made this elaborate lie about that she was going to go live with someone else because like they weren't able to keep her, which is which was believable because they've had they've lost custody of her before. So they're just like, oh, okay. And no one else like decided to look into yeah, it. No like, okay, yeah, no one's questioned where did she go? Yeah, because like, you guys are shitty parents already. So I guess like, you leave it makes sense. They're like, yeah, they said it was with someone. And apparently that person that they left him with, they had watched the baby before and they had kept the baby before. But I don't know. So even though. All this, what I've said was a confession of Michelle. That's what she said. This is what I'm repeating is what she said happened. Yeah. The police, they determined that that was a lie. And her story did not meet, did not line up with the autopsy report. And the autopsy report said that she more than likely died because she was not kicked in the head once she was repeatedly and violently kicked in her head and if they would have gotten her treatment she would have survived but they yeah, that's didn't what i was thinking treatment. like okay you said because you, you said that she got kicked in the head and then her eyes rolled in the back of her head i was like yeah she's a baby but one kick to the head when they just like killed her instantly like that doesn't make any sense but, if, it, if it hit in the right pot it probably could have yeah, but probably, like it's you know it just didn't sound her being kicked repeatedly sounds more plausible than a one shot kick and she's done, you know? Yeah. It, it just fucking, it's crazy. And the crazy thing is, is that she could have survived. And you know, this is another sad story, but this one has an ending. It may not be like an ending we wanted, but like, it's not a cold case anymore. Like they found out who it was and Harold, he was sentenced to, life for first degree murder murder and other charges regarding harm against a child but get this michelle she took a plea deal and was sentenced to only 25 years i'm guessing because Uh, she didn't commit the actual murder yeah yeah for and it was like for second degree but it was just an intense case like this was intense dude like it was fucking crazy but if you want to know more about like this case or other cases like this you can go to ourblackgirls.com and read about what happened to Precious Doe or Erica Michelle Marine Marie Green? 
But that's my case for today. That was intense. Bro. That was a lot. Like, a lot. (laughs) Okay, because as a parent... Because me, as a person who is not a parent, I can't imagine decapitating a child. No. So I, I can't... It's hard for me to fathom how a mother could decapitate her daughter with hedge clippers because that's not like it's easy you gotta really oh, like yeah dude you ever try cutting down a branch with a head clippers like that's like hard. hedge clippers like suck to use like yeah. i have to use a different type of like i use one of those little, like the hand saws yeah the hedge like, saw to do it with hedge clippers you have to be fucking like chomping you gotta for chomp a little bit you gotta chomp like it's not just one it's like no like and i have a net and then you get tired at one point it's yeah, that's yeah. scary, dude. That's fucking scary. It's demented is what it is. Yeah. So, gonna transition into my case, which isn't really a lot better. Now, <laughs> sorry, y'all. Yeah. So now this happened extremely recently, July fourth. So I don't know. This is probably gonna come out in August. <laughs> that is <laughs> but, soon. Yeah. So, Lanisha Helen Columbus, twenty-seven, was found seriously injured in a South Minneapolis area she was parked up on july 4th now police responded to a report of shots fired around 9 p.m that night on uh east 37th street and upon arrival they found a pregnant woman unresponsive in the vehicle having sustained gunshot wounds so now she was rushed to a hospital where doctors you know did the best they could to save her but couldn't but they were able to deliver the child was placed in uh further care in a, in a NICU 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 you know yeah, NICU yeah they said they were the child was saved and put in the NICU the mother however succumbed to her injuries and died so now although police did not initially identify the victim as Columbus her family came forward to identify her body so now her uncle what how old was she 27 27 so fairly young in a grand scheme of life <laughs> so her uncle, who was a local, who is a local radio personality named Charles Dillon, he confirmed via Facebook that this victim was his niece and stated that she worked as a model and a publicist for a local company called Doggy Entertainment. Now, Columbus's death was classified as a homicide, but no arrests have been made so far, and there are no suspects that have been like named or to come forward or anything. But however. Easy. Yeah, however, though, in a statement uh, given by to Fox 9 by Dylan, who is her uncle again, suggested that domestic violence may have been a factor in his niece's murder. To quote him, the horrendous killing and cowardly act is an example of the pandemic of domestic violence and violence against women. It has to stop. Quarantine has shown a rise in domestic violence calls. My niece was a beautiful, creative soul and deserved to live. We need to raise these men better. Women and children are scared. Which... 100% facts. There, yeah. I see no lie in the statement there. Columbus's newborn is doing fine now. The, uh, Dylan confirmed this with the station because the, the, cow, the, the child was released back to the family. Uh, a motive for the shooting remains unclear. The Minneapolis Homicide Unit is currently still investigating. And police have confirmed that after Columbus was taken to the hospital, a second shooting victim, an adult male admitted himself like willingly to the hospital at the same exact time she was taken to the hospital with injuries that were not as severe but were gunshot injuries and police are saying that the two shootings they are related but they're still unclear what the exact 
connection is between them because he's not being really forthcoming with the information. For all he know, for all we know, he could be the fucking perpetrator and shot himself. We don't know. In a statement shared by Doggy Entertainment, the company that she worked for, they said that they were devastated and they sent, you know, apologies and condolences and are doing whatever they can to help out the family financially and, you know, just be in support of their family because they're, she was part of their family. Uh, Columbus was killed around one block. And this is the crazy part. She was killed like a block away from where George Floyd died. George what the Star. fuck, dude? Yeah. Which, it's fucked up coincidence. And uh, police say that when they went out there to the outlet, they were met with like, because, you know, right now everyone thinks there's like a fucking race war happening and like <laughs> cops and black people are like going to war with each other. Police said that when they got to the scene, they weren't met with any resistance and that actually it was like, like the exact opposite. And that the community and people there and people after have been extremely helpful in trying to get this solved. The community is really coming together to get this case done and are doing yeah. whatever they can to help the police. That's good. That's good. And I just want to add in this that I did some research on domestic violence cases and there has been a terrifying increase due to COVID. And here's some uh, COVID, you know, some impacts of COVID that these domestic violence victims are saying their partners are, have been using against them. And this is uh, what's put on the domestic violence website. And I just think it's a good piece of information to know. So, you know, here are some things that these fucking monsters are doing to their victims. Uh, abusive partners may withhold necessary items such as hand sanitizer disinfected. Abusive partners may share misinformation about the pandemic to control or fight frighten survivors or to prevent them from seeking appropriate medical attention if they have symptoms. Abusive partners may withhold insurance cards and threaten to cancel insurance or prevent uh, survivors from seeking medical attention if they need it. Fuck. Programs that, uh, sorry, programs that serve survivors may be significantly impacted too. Like shelters may be full or may not or may stop taking in survivors because they can't. Uh, Survivors may also fear entering shelters because of the whole COVID and close quarters of them all because you really can't social distance in a packed women's shelter. Uh, Survivors who are older or have like chronic heart or lung conditions may be at an increased risk in public places. And that's probably, you know, why they aren't going out to seek help because they don't want to risk their own health. And they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. And also travel restrictions may impact survivors' escape plans or safety plans that they have enact for themselves, like using public transport because, you know, you can't use your car. And also an abusive partner may feel more justified in escalating their isolation tactics because, you know, people who are abusive already do their best they can to isolate their victim. Well, sorry, the survivors. Right. And it's, it's shitty. It's awful. It's terrible. Like Dylan said, we need to raise these men better. I I think that's exactly true. And um, is that your case? That's my case. Yeah. And like you know, if it's not always easy to spot domestic violence, but if you got that like that gut feeling, if you know, we all have intuition. If you think something's up, ask. Ask. Yeah. Like pull them aside. Yeah, pull them aside. Even if you don't want to ask. Just throw in an anonymous tip, something like, you know, because especially right now, it's just hard. It's hard. It, it is difficult. And um, 
just speaking for myself, it's going to get personal right now. Like I am a product of domestic violence and like I grew up with a very abusive dad to where like I've been taken away by like the state that I lived in before because it was extremely like, um, toxic. He, it was very bad. And like he, I only had two, I only have two sisters and I'm the only boy. And like, I would get like beat, um, to be taught a lesson or to like man up or whatever it may be because I'm a guy and I should like be a little bit less light in the loafers or whatever. But, um, it's tough to like break away from those situations, especially if it's someone that's supposed to love you. And I want you to know personally, like, although it's tough, what I did to like make my situation better was obviously I had to get out of the situation, but with the amount of like depression that I went to and the amount of fear that I went to went through, like I turned that in, turn that around to like make it better for myself. And like, I'm very candid and open about talking about it. Um, just because it helped me cope, not saying that that helps everyone else cope, but like getting out what I al- helped you. Yes. It helped me to talk about it. And it also helped other people feel more confident about sharing their stories of abuse because it happens. And a lot of times like people don't want to talk about it because it's humiliating to know like, okay, yeah, when I was in high school, like my dad beat the shit out of me to where like I had teachers like pull me out and was like, what's going on? Like, are you okay? And like, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't do anything. I would just say, yeah, I'm fine. Like I fell down or like some, something stupid like that. Like, it's okay that that happens. Well, it's not okay that that happens, but it's okay if you have to like talk to someone about it and like, it's okay. Don't feel like you're alone because you're not. And other people have gone through it. I've gone through it. And again, I think I mean, I've said this before. I mean, well, like, like, the internet's kind of like a blessing now because yeah. now it's kind of easier to like, even if you don't want to completely come out as yourself, you can find forums or find people to talk to. Because yeah. even just talking about it can lead someone to actually doing the things they have to do to help the situation and get out of it. Yeah, I, I think that's completely right. Like Andre and I have never met in person, but we've like, we met on the internet through us a, a, like a mutual group yeah. and like um he's become like a good friend for me and like i know him and i bullshit a lot but i feel comfortable talking to him about like some of the things that i've gone through and like how i feel and i feel comfortable with it and again i'm more of an open book than most people but you can find friends and people that care about you in the worst of circumstances and in places or like you don't and, expect. and yeah like Talk to people again, like feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram. You yeah, also I'd like be DMing everybody. People, people DM me all the time and I'm always like, I always talk to them and have bullshit conversations. Yeah. You, same for me. Like my Instagram is at, at Oh, hello blogs, like O H H E L L O B L O G S. Like if you need to talk or if you want to like just have conversation or someone to just see your message and you don't want a response like i'll do that for you i don't have a problem like i will help where i can because at the end of the day no matter how much hate is going around right now like all we have is each other yeah we're still people that's just yeah we we're all people pathetic yeah so yeah I'm, uh, i hope this episode helped yeah, it's kind of it was dark. But I think we I think we turned it around at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just take care of yourself, take care of each other. If like I said all the time, if you see a racist, punch him in the dick. If you see an abuser, punch him in the dick and throw, and then go for the eyes, weak spots. Yeet, yeet. You go for the weak spots. 
weak spots. That's all for me. Other than sorry, you know, enjoy the music, social medias, and the show notes. Follow them. Uh, we, ooh, don't want to tease this. We do have like a content team we created, so we're gonna be. Oh yes. Yeah, so things are gonna get. We're gonna see some more content out there on Instagram and. But yeah, so just we're keep your eyes out. Team. Yeah, we're building a little team. All right, Straight but <laughs> gang, gang. And on that note, yee yee, everybody. Yes. Bye. Bye. Hello, the world. We are They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we are sisters that want to tell you about lesser known murders. Our cases are always compelling, maybe even a little scary, with just enough banter to keep it interesting. You can find us at theywillkill.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. See you there. See ya. Little did you know I can get